Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com and find them at FDIC at booth 2540. This podcast is brought to you by Flex 7 from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of enforced technology, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit tenkatafabrics.com slash Flex 7. Flex 7, powered by Enforced Technology, only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. TheFireStore.com, equipping protectors with passion. That's how they operate, and it's how they live. They understand that having the right gear can mean the difference between life and death. Their goal is to get you the gear you need when you need it at prices you can afford. All right, welcome everyone to APS Radio episode 28. With me today is special guest, Dr. Kenny Fent from NIOSH. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I, I'm, I've been waiting for this for a couple of years, and you know that. Yeah. You know, I told you, when, whenever this is actually live and well, I have you on here. So here we are. Let's talk about the Firefighter Registry. What, what is the National Firefighter Registry? Yeah, so at its most basic level, um, you know, the National Firefighter Registry is a voluntary program to track cancer among U.S. firefighters. Um, and it's, it's open to all firefighters, career or volunteer, active or retired, and importantly, those with or without cancer. Um, it, was, it was created through an act of legislation, the Firefighter Cancer Registry Act of 2018. And, you know, our primary objective is to create a voluntary registry that reflects the nation's diverse firefighters um, that it is able to capture some basic information about them and, and their work that can then be used to evaluate how those work factors relate to cancer outcomes over time so um, you know again firefighters do not have to have cancer to enroll um, but if a firefighter god forbid develops cancer down the road, we're actually able to get those details directly from the states in which they live um, because cancer is a reportable illness in all 50 states. Um, so any firefighter in the country can register. It is open, like you said, um, and they can do that by going to nfr.cdc.gov. Why, why is this registry even, even needed? 
So I think, I think you know, Jim, that um, you know, there's been a number of studies that have shown that structural firefighters have an increased risk of certain types of cancer. Um, and actually last summer, the, the World Health Organization brought together the world's experts um, to evaluate all the scientific evidence for cancer in firefighters. And that committee actually reached a, a new consensus classifying the occupation of firefighting as a known human carcinogen. So that's a big deal. That alone is a big deal. Um, but you know, they only found strong evidence for two types of cancer, mesothelioma and bladder cancer. They found limited evidence for five other cancers, um, colon, prostate, testicular, melanoma of the skin, and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. But there's actually 30 to 40 primary cancers that we study. So there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. There are still a lot of unanswered questions regarding firefighters' cancer risk. Um, you probably know that most of the studies that have been done um, have been done on white male firefighters from large municipal departments. And that's mainly because, you know, your, the profession of firefighting has been dominated by that specific demographic. And so those are great studies, but because we haven't had large numbers of women or minorities or um, volunteer firefighters, which make up a large percentage of the fire service, we don't fully understand the cancer risk among all those specific groups of firefighters. More importantly, <laughs> we don't really understand what it is about firefighting that is contributing to the increased cancer risk. Um, is it the cumulative exposures over time? Is it unique exposures from major events? So the train derailment in East Palestine comes, comes to mind, natural disasters, and so, you know, the NFR is really designed to answer those questions and better, better understand all firefighters' cancer risk. Um, and to do that, we need a large and diverse cohort of firefighters to enroll in the NFR and then follow their health outcomes over time. So it sounds like we've, we've only kind of had a glimpse of, of studies of, of, what, of what really the firefighter population looks like. And this is hoping to gain the big picture like exactly everybody across the board have all their information so we really truly know what we're dealing with exactly right and and so it's it's so important that we get um as many firefighters to enroll this is a voluntary registry right like it it requires individual attention and effort and if we don't if we're not successful in getting a, a large and diverse cohort of firefighters to enroll we're going to be limited in what we can learn about firefighters' cancer risk. How many firefighters are you aiming to, to get for this? So our goal, well, I would say as many as possible. All right. <laughs> right. But our goal is 200,000 firefighters over the next um, several years. Um, so we do plan to keep this open as long as we can to, to register as many firefighters as we can. You know, there are one, around 1 million active firefighters in the United States. There's probably that many retired firefighters. Um, so 200,000 sounds like a lot, and it is an ambitious number, but it's actually only about 10% of the eligible participants. Um, but if we're successful in enrolling that many firefighters, it actually makes the NFR the largest firefighter cohort 
ever assembled in the world. Um, and it actually makes it one of the largest occupational cohorts ever assembled, um, at least in the United States. So there's just so much we can learn by having that population that we can, you know, collect some information on and then follow their, their cancer outcomes over time. That's, that's really a big deal. And I, I think in comparison, when you're looking at those numbers, I mean, a lot of times we go back now 10 years to the Daniel study, right? which was what, 29,997. Right. Don't ask me why I know that number. And don't <laughs> ask me. I've always thought, like, why couldn't they wait and get three more people and just say 30,000? But right. <laughs> that's that's the largest study we've had here, right? So about 30,000 people. So we're right. you're aiming for a lot more than that. Yes. And and keep in mind the Daniel study, which was an outstanding study, um, probably I actually would say one of the most important studies of firefighters in the world. Um, but keep in mind that was three departments, right? San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, that's it. So it's, it's giving you just a snapshot of what's actually happening across the country. So we don't, we don't really understand even like the middle part of the country or all the different subspecialties of the fire service, um, fire cause investigators, um, instructors. I mean, you take all those different subspecialties, wildland firefighters, we don't, we truly do not understand what their cancer risk is because they haven't really been studied. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, so how would one actually join the NFR? Right. So the process, we, we purposely tried to make the process as simple as possible. Um, but we also had to balance collecting enough information to make it valuable scientifically. Um, so the process to register is pretty simple. It takes about 30 minutes. Firefighters will visit uh, nfr.cdc.gov. They'll confirm their eligibility, create an account, and then follow the prompts um, to provide their information. And the longest part of the process is the enrollment questionnaire, which asks questions about firefighters' work. But the work history section is actually probably the most important part from, from my perspective as an industrial hygienist, because we need to know more about what firefighters have done in their occupation to examine the relationship between firefighting and cancer. Um, so we have heard, we, we did a lot of testing as we were developing the enrollment process with actual firefighters. And we actually shortened the questionnaire as much as we could but we did hear from firefighters, you know, that work history section takes some time, but I just want to emphasize how important it is. If you're a fire, if you've been a firefighter for 30 years, we really need to know what you've done over that period of time so that we can start to look at those exposure response relationships. Awesome. Very good. You know, I was one of those guys that had the, the honor of doing it early during the soft opening, if you will. Right. Um, yeah. And it took, and, and I have cancer. And so I had to fill out that part, but it, it took all of, I think, 20 minutes for me to fill out. So, and it wasn't, right. it wasn't that bad at all. Yeah. And we appreciate, appreciate your help with that, Jim. Um, <clears throat> I know one of the, the big things you're worried about is um, just the confidentiality of, of the information being able to protect right. it. Would you kind of touch on that as well, please? Yeah, I mean, in terms of data security, um, you know, one of the reasons it's taken us a while to get 
this fully launched is because of all the data security elements that we were incorporating. So, you know, we're meeting all the current federal data security requirements um, and regulations, and some of those are fairly recent within the last few years. Um, account creation requires multi-factor authentication. So I think most people are familiar with this now where you do an email password and then you have another form of authentication like a text message. Um, and that just ensures that you are who you say you are. Once you're logged in, every time you click save and continue on, in the web portal, your data is immediately encrypted and uploaded to a secure database. So that's a very strong security measure that we're taking. Um, only authorized NIOSH researchers will have access to that database. Um, and then lastly, we have obtained an assurance of confidentiality, which is the highest level of protection for the data that's being collected. And this basically means that we cannot share identifiable information with anyone outside the NFR program, even under court order. So that is. So I would say NFR participants can feel confident that their data is being protected and kept private and confidential. Okay. So once a firefighter signs up for this, I mean, what's next? Is that is it basically a one-time deal and they're done? Or may they be asked for more information later on? I know you, you mentioned earlier that if they didn't have cancer and they were diagnosed later on that they would automatically be updated that because each state has their right. own registry that Correct. that would kind of forward that on to you but is there is there anything else that's uh going to be needed of that firefighter yeah so uh once firefighters enroll their their work is mostly done um so there there will be optional follow-up questionnaires for firefighters maybe once or once every year, once every couple years, um, but those are optional. And you know, we know that firefighters are busy and they may not participate in those optional surveys, and that's fine. Um, we also know that the last thing on anyone's mind, if they're diagnosed with cancer, is to report that to a federal agency. <laughs> so they're not going to have to do that. Um, like you said, we're going to capture that information from the states. Cancer is a reportable illness in all 50 states. That's already happening. We'll be able to um, make that linkage with the information we're collecting. And by the way, that's, that is the only reason we're asking for the last four digits of social security number. So Jim, when you went through the process, you probably saw that you know that's a piece of information we're asking about. All the questions aside from a couple are optional. Um, but that that's why we asked for the last four digits of, of your SSN is so that we can confidently make those linkages to the cancer databases in the states. It's the only reason. Um, but once we capture the cancer diagnosis information, that's when the real work begins for us, the NIOSH researchers. So we'll use that information to conduct all sorts of analyses to characterize firefighters risk of specific types of cancer including exposure response analyses, you know, do cancer rates increase with increasing exposure, um, as well as comparisons to the general population. Um, and we're also interested in learning more about control measures and cancer screening. So those are some questions that are on the questionnaire as well. Um, but that information will 
you know, provide evidence to support those measures more broadly. So some departments are more progressive than others. So if we're finding that certain interventions are actually reducing cancer risk, say by 20%, that's really powerful information that can go across the country and hopefully provide um, you know, support and evidence for fire departments that are struggling with cancer to, to better protect their firefighters. That sounds incredible. You know, I know this is still really early on with you going live, but have you been able to see any trends at all or anything that just kind of like interested you? Like, hmm, that's, that's interesting. Well, we haven't really done any data analyses yet just because it's, we're so early in the process. Um, so I think you might, may have mentioned, we just launched um, about a month ago nationally, um, but we do have over 4,000 participants so far. So we're on pace about a thousand per week. So that's outstanding. Hopefully we can keep that momentum going. Um, that said, you know, once we have high enough numbers of participants, we can start looking at the data that we do have. And we do intend to do some immediate analysis, including looking at, you know, the control measures that are being adopted across the country and other sort of more descriptive stats. We can do that right away. In terms of the cancer, risk analyses, that'll take longer. Um, and that's because we know that cancer has a pretty long latency period, which is the time between exposure and the cancer diagnosis. So for most cancers, that's 10 years or longer. Um, so we're just going to have to wait several years to have enough cancer cases to do those stats and, and draw those conclusions. You've done so much different things, different studies yourself in the field for us before all this and and then you Correct. kind of pivoted to to handling all this stuff how how long are you going to be working on the registry you know are, is there ever going to be a day when you're back out kind of in the field well yeah uh, thank you for that question <laughs> i would say you know i again i'm a i'm a research industrial hygienist by training so being in the field is where i'm comfortable um, you know, collecting actual samples, air samples and dermal wipe samples and biological monitoring. That's, that's where I'm comfortable. Um, we actually, I have a, an outstanding team of researchers. And so we are actually still doing a lot of that field work. Um, I'm just not necessarily the one in the field <laughs> any longer. I'm providing more mentorship, but we're going to keep doing that research. And in fact, we, we have some um, opportunities to look at lithium ion battery fires, for example. That's something we're very interested in. So looking at some of these emerging exposures that are happening in the fire service, we're going to continue to do that. I think it's important for the NFR program that we do that because we need to understand the types of exposures that firefighters are having and actually characterize those. And that will actually then feed into the job exposure matrices that we have to build um, for the NFR, basically to put firefighters in categories of low, medium, high exposures. Um, so we're going to keep doing that field work, but my primary responsibility now is the NFR program. Well, I, I think it says a lot that they picked you to do this. Yeah. Cause this is obviously a really large task, monumental, never been done before something of this level. And, uh, so I appreciate all your hard work. I know you've been doing this 
for years. I mean, this was this was already supposed to come out, and I know COVID kind of um, derailed a little bit, or at least delayed it. Right. Yeah, I would say it's definitely been a, a labor of of love and and a lot of frustrations, just because, like you said, COVID and you know all the data security requirements, and a lot of those have changed within the last few years, but. Um, but we were committed to getting this done. Um, you know, I'm passionate about this particular program because I just feel like we don't know what we don't know. Um, and you know, there's been a lot of great research that's been done, but again, we're just capturing a small percentage of the fire service. So we really need this national program if we're going to fully understand the cancer epidemic and and find ways to reduce cancer risk in firefighters. So even though it's taken a lot longer than we wanted, um, we're here now and and now we got to get the word out and get firefighters to enroll. It's gonna it's gonna definitely be worthwhile in the end. Yeah. You know, to be able to pinpoint the research and see those trends is I think going to be truly, truly helpful. There's already been so many studies over the years that have come out. I mean I, you mentioned before the fact that firefighting is now considered a, you know, group one known carcinogen. Right. That's only because of all the uptick in research that we had over the recent years. I know when I started talking about this stuff, I was really going off of what the 2006 Lamaster study. Right. And that was, that's all I had for right. a long, for, you know, another seven years really to go off of. Right. So, so this is, I understand how important this is going to be. And I really encourage all the viewers and listeners out there, like take 20, 30 minutes and sign up, you know, you Absolutely. do that and you're pretty much done. Right. Um, is there, is there anything else that, that I missed that we didn't, I didn't ask you that, that is important to discuss regarding this? Um, I mean, I think, you know, we have a lot of great materials and resources on our website. So I would say if your listeners are just curious and want to learn more on their own, please check out our website. It's www.cdc.gov forward slash NFR. Um, we've got fact sheets. We've got an enrollment tip sheet, a partner promotion kit, social media posts, and several videos, um, several really outstanding videos that um, you know take a few minutes to watch. And so, you know, all those materials, um, you know, can obviously you can learn by by watching them or, or or viewing them, but you can also share them with your network. And so, I would encourage fire. We need we need advocates throughout the fire service, champions, really, because we can only do so much to kind of get the word out. We'll work with all the professional organizations. We'll work with podcasts like yours and and try to get the word out. But at the end of the day. I think it's going to require a grassroots effort. Um, and so please, if you're interested, if you are passionate about this cancer issue in the fire service, share information about the NFR and, uh, you know, basically advocate for why, why it's important. I would even um, add on to that, if I may. Uh, you know, if you're, you're interested as a firefighter, sign up for that, but also forward this up to your unions to, forward it up to your chiefs, have them send this out in a mass email for everybody and, and really talk about how truly important this is and how 
you know, you don't have to sign up, but it would really be helpful if you did. And it's only going to take up to 30 minutes and you'll be done from there. But yeah, you have to have, you want to really get your whole department, your whole body involved um, in signing into this. So you're right. You need those champions in each department really to push for this. Absolutely. Yep. So um, one last time, where can everybody find information regarding this? So our website is www.cdc.gov forward slash NFR. And then the web portal is nfr.cdc.gov. Perfect. All right. Well, with that, I'll get you out of here. He's Dr. Kenny Fent. I'm Jim Bernica. And uh, if you have any questions, check out that website. And hopefully you guys all sign up. And Dr. Kenny, as always, thank you for your time. Really appreciate thank you, you and, and all your work. I know. I know it was a lot of trials and tribulations, but you and I both know it's going to be worth it in the end. Absolutely. And I appreciate all your support over the years, Jim. Thank you. Of course. All right. Thank you, Kenny. I'm out of here. See you guys next month.